0: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Natural Physique podcast. Um, today we have a very special guest on. Um, it's a man who's played an important role in my bodybuilding journey so far, as well as many others. Um, that's none other than um, the man himself, Vaughn Wilson from Prep Coach UK. Vaughn, how are you doing?
1: Hey dude, I'm very, very well. I'm super glad to be on here. Um, you've been a one of the episodes. I was like, man... When am I gonna get an invite? I said it's coming.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It must be coming.
0: I was waiting. I was waiting. I thought this would be an appropriate time, you know, just starting starting my prep and and we'll get you on. Um anyway, I think we could sorry, go ahead, Vaughn.
1: If anyone hasn't yet followed Chris and his journey and what he did in 2021, so what he's gonna do this year, please go do it because I'm fucking excited. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that, but I just thought I would add that, that anyone listening, the value that Chris adds to not just Instagram, but to to the podcast and whatever is, will help you in your journey. So make sure that you shout him from the rooftops, you go follow him, subscribe to him on YouTube, wherever it is, because um, he's a good guy.
0: Thanks, man. That means a lot. Likewise, likewise, I can't say, uh, say your praise enough, honestly, like how much you've helped me through this journey and um I'm, I'm buzzing to get to get into this this year's prep um but i think a nice nice place to start would be maybe just for those who haven't heard you or um for anyone out there on my sort of instagram and that i haven't seen your stuff would you be able to give just a brief intro into into yourself and perhaps talk about the launch of prep coach uk which has just happened recently
1: yeah, so for those of you who don't know, I'm a big lanky guy from Dundee who used to play basketball when I was younger. Uh, got into bodybuilding, um, kind of the tail end of my basketball career, you could say when I was young. Stayed with the family of ex-professional bodybuilders in America on an exchange program when I was playing basketball. Came back, realised that, you know, you can be good at basketball and play in Scotland, but you're shit in the US. It's just way it is. Got into bodybuilding, um, always kind of found a way to train around basketball. Graduated from uni in sports science, um, sports and medicine. Realized that the only things I liked was doing basketball, lifting weights. Became a PT, like we all do on the gym floor. A basketball coach I ended up getting too busy as a basketball uh, with basketball with PT to do basketball. So stuck with that. Worked on the gym floor from 2013 to 2019. Went fully online for six months just before you know that disaster and COVID and all that shit hit. Started putting people, people on stage 2018. And I was VW physique. That was my thing. That's what I'd done. Um, but. Or working people in the gym that just I lost the passion for that it wasn't what I was enjoying doing went online and then just like as I was I knew I wanted to just solo work with competitors I'm going to say a long time ago but I really sort of decided last summer I wanted to do it but I just didn't know when the right time was and um, so like me I decided I was going to do it the hardest time should be around the time that my son was getting born which was January decided yeah. days before I was going to do this um, and the best time for me to do it was going to be the, before the Scotch season started, mainly because um, just knew the level of athletes we had and the amount of shows they were doing. I was like, we're going to get fucking loads of results. So I was like, if I launch a new brand and all anyone sees is result, 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 then that brand should have success. So Pep Coach UK was born, beat physique ended um, and just kind of our tagline is we specialize in athletes in their first or third year. Um, it's going to be your effectively fourth season two two with me or two, two on your own or whatever so it's not just that I'm limited to that guys going the fourth to fifth but that's who we sort of preach and it's just been an incredible last four weeks um, incredible and I couldn't have asked for more and been proud of all the athletes so far um, and I know that it's just kind of getting started we have another couple of big shows this weekend the same people are competing against the same people so should see some results but yeah, the ultimate goal for me is to just try and create a brand that is atop of the UK um, for prep people. And I know there's long ways to go to get there, but um, it's my passion. And, like, I love it, man. As a bodybuilder, I'm retired, but I see being there in the crowd or going to Dubai for your show, like, those moments where someone wins or I'm on the other end of the floor and a winner's trophy comes through, like, it's an incredible amount of joy and something I struggle to put into words um, about how, how happy it makes me. So that's kind of my thing. That's who I am. Um, but I'm just a lanky guy from Dundee, man.
0: That's who I am. That's epic. Like, I think it's safe to say so far, like, this is just the start of Prep Coach UK being absolutely massive um, this year. I mean, you've had one hell of a Scottish season so far. Um, I know, I think I heard off your Instagram that you have... You are the leading coach in the UK at the moment for amateur results. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. So yeah.
1: I, I think you can say one of the best, right? Yeah. Because I don't like, to, I'm not one for gloating or anything like yeah. that, but <laughs> 42 top threes in four weeks. Um, It's incredible. It's amazing. Right. But you're like me that you want more, right? And you can never yeah. get complacent because in my head I go, well, we've had an incredible four weeks, but then how do you sustain that for the rest of the season? Well, you don't. It's just that it's been an incredibly amazing run. I knew we had a lot of athletes literally doing like eight shows in four weeks and they were really, really good. They are really, really good. So they're just like one, one second, one second, you know what I mean? Um. So it's cool. And I like where I want to go is I want to, like I want to be able to someone random, hey, I want a prep coach and someone says, Prep Kruski is one of the best you can go to like that's where I want to go to Um, very self- selfishly that's where I want to go and yeah. so to be at that point where we're like it's the best record in the UK at the moment like I'm like that's fucking cool and that's something that I only really dreamt of um, God, when I started people on stage in 2018 if you should, said to me I'd be here after those four weeks I'd be like nah I would struggle to believe it but um, yeah it's to, to say that or to hear that it's yeah, I still struggle to believe it. I mean, it's great and it's it's class. It's it's just it's tiring a little bit when you've got two two young kids. Know, um, yeah. But mate, I'm I'm there for it with bells on. Like I have Dan was in my room at ten to five in the morning. PCA, we're doing his check in. The next one's in at five to five. The next one's in at five. Not slept a lot, but just just loving it, buzzing off of it. because um, you know what show days like as an athlete, you get that yeah. buzz. I get that same buzz as a coach. Yeah. Like, when I see an athlete, they wake up and they just start getting better and better and the second coat goes on and they get full. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Um, So, yeah, the Scottish season's not over. we still got five athletes competing this weekend, one down south, but four in the UK back-to-back Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Sorry, four in Scotland um, Saturday and Sunday and then two the following week. And then May comes in a little bit. June, kind of like a summer holiday for me, effectively. And then July picks up, and then before you notice, you're, you're on
0: the shows. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you have yeah. that kind of, that start, and then it's like the the sort of, the English shows, I guess, later, sort of later on June onwards, and then a lot of the finals are coming in at the end of the year as well, you know, Um likes of myself will be probably competing towards the end of the year, a lot of the natural shows then. So, um, yeah, exciting, exciting. It is, dude.
1: It's, I it's said, it's a position that I feel incredibly grateful to be in because it's really, it's because of the athletes, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I will say I show them the door, but those are the guys that they step through it or I tell them that this is what we've got to do. But they haven't just done that in the past four weeks. It's the, it's the year and a half, the two years, the five years that they've been with me beforehand that's led to the success they're having. And I just feel grateful to, to be there when, all of a sudden, like you know, someone a year and a half ago who didn't think they could even place wins an overall, you're like, that's fucking cool. And I'm standing there at the overall thinking, they all come out and I go, He's one. And then they call third place, and I'm like, one. And they call second yeah. place. it's like you know, like those moments that they're ones that you, you never get back.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: That that athlete will remember that for the rest of their life. And I'm part of that. That's so cool. Or whether it was a third place or whatever it is, um, each and every single one of them is uh, it's amazing. And of course, I've not seen, I've not been there yet for you, but that'll all change this year. Um, I'm not sure if you've announced where you're competing yet or not. Um, I have, yeah. I've announced Dubai. I've
0: announced Dubai being the first show. And then um, I believe the heart of England because they're the ones that are two really confirmed. The, the problem with me is... Uh, winning the pro card in Dubai would mean that I wouldn't do the Supernatural show down in Birmingham because they don't have a pro show there. So um, I, I actually need to message. I had uh, Andy Chappelle on the podcast. I actually need to message him what the what the whole script is in regards to that. Um, but maybe I can enter the Supernaturals as well. And I don't know if it might just be a case of withdrawing it when, when we win the pro card in Dubai. Well, that, yeah,
1: that's it. Just focus on Dubai first. Yeah. Uh, and, and like some people would say to me, Von, like, Vaughn, why are you going why are you going to Dubai to watch your client? I'm like, because that's their fucking Olympia. Yeah. And that's absolutely. like that's Chris's biggest fucking show of his life. Yeah. Chris has invested two two years or more in me. I'm gonna invest back in him. Give him that yeah. support, be be there backstage. So that the moments of self-doubt kick in or the moments of fuck that guy's good or this guy's good or whatever, like I'm there to help just stay the ship, sell the ship. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm not looking forward to it being 41 degrees. No, neither am I. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the show.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad I am um uh peak prep or pre uh peak putt rather than peak sort of off season now. And and or dad bods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm gonna be sweating hot. the whole yeah. time. No, I think that's just testament to to how brilliant you are as, as a coach. Like you know for a fact, like even going along to the PCA Scottish a couple of weekends ago, you're there for your clients. um, And I, I imagine, I, I could be wrong, but the feeling that you get from seeing your clients succeed might kind of well, outweighs maybe some of the feelings that you you experienced winning yourself almost. Could be wrong yeah. there.
1: No, mate, you've hit the nail on the head. And it's why I kind of tell people I'm retired, right? Winning yeah. was cool, right? For me, um, I've done seven shows. I've won five of them. Um, but I've also got my arse kicked in other shows as well, right? Um, and it was cool. The first time I won, felt amazing, and I cried, and it was elation because years before I didn't play, so I had moments of self doubt, and in the lead up to that, so it was a big moment. But then every win thereafter just was like, it just didn't feel quite as good. Yeah. So I competed in twenty twenty one. My wife was heavily pregnant. Um, she gave birth in October, uh, to our, our youngest, uh, old, oldest now son, Caden, but I could be in August, and I, and I won, and she was there, but going into that show, like, the only reason I did it was because she was there, and I was like, right, well, I want to win. So in my head, I was like, this is the last i will ever do. I hadn't told anyone, right? I was like, but I want her to be there, and I want to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I won, and it was brilliant, it was amazing, but after that, I was so unbothered by, I would need to be, like, I'm 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 assisted, right? And I would need to push a hundred and forty kilo off season to be yeah. any good in class one now. I have an eighteen month old son that runs about the back garden and a three month old son. I get like four hours of sleep a night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but regardless of that, the thing I could be tired of shit, but see, being in a crowd, I like my adrenaline is through the roof and I'm sitting waiting because I know the athlete on stage, I know like I've put in the two or three years. I know they've done it as well. So when they see that when they succeed, it's uh, it it, it trumps that feeling of winning or competing myself. Like, hands down, I I couldn't give a fuck if I I might do it again when the kids are a bit older, right? But yeah, I just think like seeing sport across any remit, the coach, the manager, whatever you want to call it, the coach they don't do, they've done like a football manager's probably played football when he was younger, yeah, tennis coach played tennis when he was younger. Same sort of thing, like my hairline's receding, I'm getting a little bit older now, got two kids and my dad, I feel old, but bodybuilding is very selfish, and to be a coach in the magnitude I want to go is, you have to be selfless, so when I go to a show, it doesn't matter what I eat, I couldn't care, as long as like, if I've got eight athletes that I need to look at, I'm looking at them, I'm speaking to them, they're chilled, they know what they're eating, they know when they're going on stage, blah blah, I'm helping them pump up it doesn't matter because my bodybuilding journey is is irrelevant like to be a great a great dad a good husband and a great coach couldn't be a good bodybuilder as well yeah something i had to give so for me i was like my journey's on pause and let's just fucking build prep coach uk let's build all the athletes to you know where where we can get to um and it's been incredible the past four weeks
0: yeah so so incredible um, you can you can see that it's just as i say it's so evident from partly the reason i chose you as a coach as well but it's just like you you're what you put out on social music uh, media it just kind of oozes that enthusiasm and and passion for the sport um which you know some sometimes i think on social media and stuff you can see i think it's just really apparent when someone's just there to, to make sales and stuff but with you it's like you're taking a a real genuine interest and in your clients as well, which I think is so important,
1: yeah man see see if money wasn't an actual thing, right? I would do this shit for free, yeah, but it yeah. is, and you have to pay mortgages and bills and stuff like exactly. that and um, but it's hard to describe, like, yeah, it means that for a part of the year I have to travel and I'm away from my family, but it also provides for my family. That's yeah. my main thing. Like one of my whole, one of my big goals in life was I wanted to be a dad, right? But at the same time, I wanted to make sure that my kids, my wife, my family didn't want for anything. I just took care of them, right? So I, I was passionate before about helping athletes achieve results. There's an even bigger driver now. There's yeah. even more passion behind it because I'm like that athlete's success on stage dictates my ability to provide for my family. So if it doesn't go the way that we want it to, that's on me and I got to sort that of, because I'm not providing for them. Yeah. So I know that connection sounds like, some people will be thinking, well, what, why are you making that connection? Because I need to. And sort of drives me to be better. It's like when I was on prep uh, 2021, I was fucking doing like an hour and a half of cardio a day. And I remember like I was 22 minutes in and I had an hour to do and every ounce of me wanted to give up and just walk off the stairmaster, master, right? And all I would do is I'd get my phone out and I'd look at the, at the time it was like an ultrasound of our son, his picture. And that just made me go. Cause it was like, yeah. I I was like, the success of my prep dictates the success of the business, which dictates how well I'd for my family. And it. I, that's just kind of what I do It's yeah. kind of those reasons and those, and those things behind it. So it's why, it's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about what I do as well is because I've got a family I want to provide for as well
0: yeah i think that's a really good point i think when um when people are doing like going through a bodybuilding journey you know it's it's a long process but um and you're only really going to stick out to it if it's something if, if you can link it to something that you truly value like like you said there and being on the stairmaster and you're like i need to do well at this bodybuilding show because it's going to bring my business up that's going to help to provide for my family and i think um that's that's what i can relate to as well you know um i've got goals myself and i think anyone who is in bodybuilding and goes all the way there there's a stronger meaning behind it um and i think that might be part of the key to doing very well in this sport as well
1: 100% agree with you man yeah when you attach that emotional connection to what you want to achieve success just to mere certainty, certain bit my opinion yeah
0: Absolutely, yeah. Oh, well, really good point. Um, cool. Um, let's move on. I was just wanting to briefly—I've spoken about a lot in my in previous episodes—but just kind of briefly run through the off-season I've had since stepping off the stage in Vegas in 2021 to where we are now, and then kind of my plan to. We'll just go to that first initial show in Dubai, um, on the 20s. 27th of August, I think, around about yeah. then.
1: So I still remember it well. Um, I was in this office here and it yeah. was one in the morning um, that we chatted on the phone. Now, uh, you were like six hours behind.
0: Yeah, it was, yeah, about that, about um, that.
1: So what I said to Rona, I was like, Rona, i go to bed. I was like, I'm going to stay on the couch. I had the YouTube um, live on the TV. And what I said to you was, I was like, I was like, right, check in at this, 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 and this time. And I set alarms on my phone. Wow. So that I'd, I could fall asleep, and I'd wake up. And I set the alarm like five minutes before you were supposed to check-in, right? Wake up. So when you checked in, I was right there. Right there, just like, yeah. people make you look good, right, do this, do that, do that. The one thing that happened was just that they were running really quick. And I'd set like three or four check-in times, and on like the second last one you checked in, I was like, Chris, you're going like you're on stage and you mentioned me about you're like, shit, I'm backstage I'm pumping up. Yeah. You thought we had more time. But anyway, um, massively successful first season. Obviously, our goal then was to win WMBF Pro card. It didn't happen by the skin of our teeth and a couple of our we missed out. That's the nature of the sport. And I'm a firm believer if that you chap on the door enough times, you know, the door will like the door will open for you. Or the call like you call enough times, the call will be answered. So for me, it was a case of I knew that there was there was happiness, but at the same time, it was a bit of a bitter disappointment because I know what it's like to lose. It's fucking shy. I know what it's like to come so close to come second or to come third, whatever it is. But I knew that would just light the fire in you to come back better. So all you needed to do is what we'd done in the lead up to that. You just need to do it again, but you need to do it for longer, and you to come back bigger, right? With athletes that are that close. It's just about refinement. Yeah. So you got very meticulous, and particular with your posing, for that specific federation and what they're doing at that international level. That's so particular. It's not just like, hey, let's just pose like this for this region on the UK. It's like, you'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, this is what they pose like in the UK. This is what they pose like abroad. You know what I mean? So yeah. that there's credit to you for doing that investigation and obviously being there and seeing what it is. But for my end, it was just like, he needs to get the biggest he's ever been in this offseason. And... You'd never really been 100 kilos before, right? I think when you first came on board, you were...
0: Yeah, I was 90... Well, we got up to about 95, 96, that sort of first sort of off-season during lockdown. Remember, I was tra- training at home in, in my living room and stuff with a, yeah, a rusty barbell and stuff.
1: I, I still remember <laughs> you sent said, said me videos, you lunging, and there was snow on either side of the Yeah, river.
0: that's right, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so... I just knew like right we'd never had an off season in a proper gym before and i was like we pushed the 95 and went he needs to go 100. so we did that over the course of i think it was 24 weeks 26 weeks yeah yeah right about that. Um, and albeit when we got to like 97 98 i was like we should probably call this here but i'm going to just keep pushing on because you were you were telling me still getting stronger Vaughn. i'll be the, the bouts of like digestive issues your yeah. digestion was, for the most part, okay. But when we kind of got to that 100, that one oh one, digestion just went shit because food was so high. So we just Always knew the we yeah. needed need to tidy up. So we came down for like eight weeks, and you got like very lean very quickly in those eight weeks to the point where I was like, uh, Chris, like we could um we could drop the hammer. We could probably compete uh in at the time last year in the fucking Southern counties or whatever. Yeah, But that was never the goal. It was like, right, no, no, we need to go up there again. Because when we go up there again, and you'll, you'll admit this as well, the first time we went to 100 kilos, it felt fucking horrendous, eh?
0: Yeah, it was. It felt
1: horrendous, yeah. you know, didn't carry it well, out of breath, fatigue, lethargy, blah, blah, blah. The next time you went around there, so much leaner, carried it better, fitter, more muscled, right? So we did that again over the course of another, maybe not quite as long, but again, another, like, 20-odd week push, that got us up till say four weeks before we were due to prep. you reached one hundred and one. Digestion went shit again. Went to downstairs. Right, pull food down. But then as we pulled food down, you just continued to rise. Yeah. To one hundred and one. Um, and that then brought us to the end of the off season, which was on Sunday this past Sunday. Um. So as a coach, when you know, like, right, you've had about eighteen months with an athlete that was so close there before, you know they're going to be fucking right there. Again, this time around. All like all bodybuilding is is a means of on the day you can't control who shows up. I know I know what we I know what you can look like. Yeah. And I know I know that this year it's gonna look even better. So I think during the off season, I think I suggest that I was like that, hey mate, is there like any shows like abroad? Because I, I was going abroad to some shows with IBB. I was like, Is there any shows abroad we could do? And you were like, Yeah, there's one in Dubai, I want to do it. And I was like, Right, let's do that one. So, you know, like, right, if we were off, like, about 100, we started, we pulled you down as low as 82 last last time we prepped, and we filled up, and you are about 84 on stage. Yeah. We had a baseline day in between. Um, for those of you that don't know, what we done with Chris was we kind of went, chose on the Sunday, we loaded Chris hard Thursday, the Friday, 800 carb, 800 carb, 100 fat, and whatever protein. And the Saturday, we went 300. That's a that's a, that's a lot of a difference, but I'll explain why when we kind of go on that later in the podcast. Um, and what it meant was that you wake up on show day a little bit flat. Now you just feed you into the show, feed you hard. So like you're going away, wake out like seven rice cakes, jam, peanut butter, away. Um, and as the day went on, you just get better, bigger, and better, and better and fuller and fuller. So we kind of know, like, right, well, if you're 84, stage weight will probably be a little bit heavier this time around. You know, let's say if we let's say we, we pulled you down to 84, 85 and you in the of June were 87. That's that's mega. Now you maybe won't be, maybe they pull you down a bit further. But even if it was just two or three kilos up, visually, two or three kilos is fucking loads. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. loads. So how I prep people is what you know is we dig for a certain period, we top up for two days, we dig, and by the end of it, you'll know that we're pushing for 10 or 12 days, backing off for two, pushing pretendably back off for two. But the goal will be to simply just get to that first show and take care of business there and then. And the the business is to win your WMBF Pro card, what we were very close to uh, a couple of occasions uh, last time around. Um, Of course, there's other opportunities that could happen thereafter, but in my head, I'm not really thinking about that. I'm just focused on how do I get him the best he's ever been for that first show. And the thing is, as a coach, is yeah, you can have athletes doing back to back shows, and that's cool. See, the first one, first one's where the look's going to be absolute best. Yeah, you get someone ready and you reverse them out you drop stress you drop fatigue the physique's fresh then you load them from a fresh set point that will be the best they will fucking look probably unless they're assisted and there's other things you could do naturally that's the one so the goal is to just fucking nail that yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> and then
1: any show you want to do after we'll do yeah. that What we'll worry about it. yeah we've got hypothetical dates of this this and this but it's it's like as I said the reason I'm going is it's it's your olympia it doesn't matter if it's in dubai like last year from my client neil it was a local show in newcastle like vaughn this is like this is my olympia I like, i've got 40 people come to see me i got this i was like this is why i'm here you know what i mean so it doesn't matter where the show is or what fed is it is it's what it matters to the athlete and to the athlete their coach being there could you imagine if you were like a football team and you're you'd fucking won the final. you're in the finals and your manager went just stay home she <laughs> will so watch on the telly, like you'd be like, what? So, yeah. for as much as I couldn't make it the last time you were there, it's because my son, Eldest, was born roughly that. I, I literally remember this clearly, and this is because we were in the hospital in Nero three months ago. I remember my wife, she just had a contraction, right? Labor lasts a fucking long time, right? For anyone that's listening, lasts a long time. She just had like a little contraction and then she kind of went back to sleep. And I was over there, I was holding her hand. I went back to sleep, she let go of my hand. I got my phone out. <laughs> And to do check And I was replying, You're like, right, Chris, okay, do this today, don't do a cardio, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Home back in the pocket. A few minutes later, contraction. Right, fucking, it's okay. So here I go. Goes to sleep. Phone back out, right, Chris. You know what I mean? And I know that sounds yeah. crazy, but that's what I needed to do. And then she was in hospital with him for seven days. And on like the Sunday was like the WMBF finals. So I, I was at the hospital, but running you like, I had yourself and Tom and Clara competing. So, like, I would help the nappy changes, and do rock, you know, rock them and that, blah, blah, them. but when the time came that you guys messaged me, I was, like, I was on the side, Rona and Kaden. I was beside on the chair, just replying. Um. So that's the reason why I wasn't there. If anyone was listening, why were there before, that's why I wasn't there. But I was still on the other end of the phone, you know?
0: Yeah, it felt like you were there, like, especially, you know, being at the... The show, the WMBF Worlds, like you know, different time zones. You're up the whole night, and I'm like, that's crazy that you're still there checking in, and it inspires me as a coach as well because I have a a bikini competitor um, who's out in the states and she's competing in September, um, and and I'm gonna have to obviously, I'll, it'll probably it'll be after that Dubai show, but I'm probably gonna have to do something very similar to to what you did on that one one occasion.
1: Yeah, man, but here's the thing, right? It does like in the years to come, I'm not going to look back and think, oh, he didn't sleep much that night. That was yeah, now nah, I'm gonna look back and think, Chris came fucking forth in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mega. Is it so like for that night or whatever it is, like it doesn't matter how much sleep I get. Yeah. I was like, I was quite happy. I said I said Runa, I says I probably won't come up to bed tonight. He says I'll probably be down here until it's everything's done. And I remember going up and it was quarter to one and she was kind of over a kid and trying to settle them and I was like oh I babe she was still up or she yeah. got up because she was feeding um and then I, I got into bed and I was honestly I was almost asleep and then you phoned. And yeah. I came back in my office because I was down the stairs and I, I was voicing on you loads. I was like hey man you know good job blah this but and then I was like I'm away to go to bed but then you phoned me and I got up and we chatted for about twenty minutes I think.
0: Yeah yeah that's right um, I remember the phone call as so. well.
1: And uh, and that's when you kind of decided, it was like, right, I, I want to do this again. I want to come back in two years. And it, it seems like it was last month. Yeah, yeah. It's it crazy. really does. Um, I can't believe you're prepping again.
0: I know. It just goes, it does, like, it flies by, honestly. Like, I can't believe that it's that time already. and mm-hmm. before, as, you, as we were saying before the podcast, we were saying, you know, before I know it, it will be, We'll be in Dubai, and you'll be—I'll be stepping on stage, which is just mental. Yeah, and um, so
1: I'll be like under the AC, just pouring a sweat T-shirt. <laughs> this is me. This will just be this will be completely wet. Yeah, come on, fuck on, Chris. Let's go, Chris. <laughs> the only Scottish accent. Yeah. In you just like people say, oh, you don't know where you, where people are sitting. No, you'll know because it'll be me shouting, and your mum will be shouting, and your dad will be shouting. Yeah. They're right. They're sitting right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one else is chatting English. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no, I'll be cool, man. Um, shows the broader. I mean, they're they're the same as the UK. It's just it's cool when they're when you're abroad, uh, particularly in a warm a warm climate too. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. That's
1: that that's where like it might be. It won't be tricky, but like you're gonna have to drink more. You're gonna need more salt as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's just going to be something that. It's not a challenge we've seen yet. It's going to be new, but it's something we have to be reactive to mm-hmm. on the day.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know what I mean? And as a coach, you just can't get stressed out about that because once you've done this for a long time, you'll just know, like you look at an athlete, however they look, the time frame you got to stage, you just kind of know what to do. Like if someone struggling at a pump on, they're feeling a bit faint, right? They need more fluid, they need more salt. So whatever you done up to that point, sometimes, for as much as it's all about data collection and, and looking at, it, sometimes that's go out the window. Yeah. So I was like, oh, but I had this many grams of yesterday. Cardia- it doesn't fucking matter how much grams you had yesterday. You're flat. Eat.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know I mean?
1: so that's just something that it's a challenge that we'll we'll address when we're there. But this is why having me there will be better for you because my eye in person is way better than trying to fucking zoom in on WhatsApp and decipher all that. Whereas if I'm there in real time, I can see make decisions straight away.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I'm excited for it, really excited for it. Um, I guess it will be useful for me as a coach as well, um, just to to have you there and and kind of how you go through the process. I've been obviously taking a few clients to stage now myself and um, yeah, it will just be, it'll be a, a, a good process for me. Obviously, I'll just be thinking about getting ready myself and being in the best shape possible. But um, you'll do all the thinking work, yeah, I guess. But
1: that's the thing, man. So, like, one of the, the key elements of someone looking very good on stage is is, is a low-stress environment or low-stress levels. Stress is something that can kill the look. I've seen it, like, literally someone an hour and a half before stage looks bang on, they send their stage photos, I'm like, you look shit. Not, not like shit, just like, I'm like, fuck, you look better before. Because yeah. Yeah. they get stressed about the tan or the makeup or whatever, whatever it may be. Whereas if I'm there, I could be like, Chris, that's what you need to do because of X, Y, and Z, you're like, cool, i go do it. Or if you need to like, you need more food, I'll just run and get it. Yeah. Or if like, like for example, at the weekend there, Chris went on stage and as he was posing, his lip, Chris, mother uh, other client, Chris Bain, he, as he was posing, his, uh, his legs were getting flat. So I was there and I saw it. So I ran backstage, just got salt out of his bag and just fucking grinded it in his hands. I was like, get that in you. It gave him like, 250ml of fluid, I was like, get that in you, give him some Harry Bowes, I went, you're flattening out. And when he came out in the overall, like, 15, 20 minutes later, was, the legs were a bit better. Yeah, yeah. Those are things that, like, you can only do when you're there. Now, he, yeah. he had no idea that his legs were flattening a bit, but because I've worked with him for so long, I've, I've seen so many photos, so many videos, and then I just kind of knew what to do, but that's where I just, just was be, being reactive to what I saw. yeah think those little things like stress
0: you out as a competitor as well like having that sort of unknown um and if you don't have the feedback right then and there from like your coach and you know as you're saying for chris you went and got him the salt and stuff in the bag that's going to take out a massive amount of like added little stresses throughout the day so Um,
1: here's let's use example right that was instantaneous. That, that that happened right before Chris was even back off stage because you, you got the tro- you got the medal. So I, right, I just ran out. Think yeah. back to when you came off stage, UKFBA. You, yeah. you sent, me, you, you did a posing video. You sent me and you said, "Do I need more salt?" That probably took five to seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's five to seven minutes that that salt could be in your body being absorbed. Because we did, we said, "Yeah, go have X amount." By that time, you're getting cold. Yeah, yeah. It's like a very fine window, um, particularly when, like, let's face it, there's levels to this game of placing in a regional, winning a regional, placing a, a British finals, winning a British finals, placing a you know in the worlds or a pro call or whatever it is. There's levels to that game, and that, those yeah. little fine margins of what the judges looking for. The judges are looking for a reason to like two so athletes are so close. They're looking for a reason to mark you down. Mm-hmm. So let's say you you come up against a boy that's exactly the same muscularity as you. He's just as lean. You pose really well. And they maybe say, ah, well, he's a bit fuller, and we'll award him. Well, if there's a split decision where I know we have 15 minutes and we can just help improve that look, so it's judge that I'm going to, if I'm there, I can help change that. If I'm at the other end of, of WhatsApp, then I'm not. And I get it. Like, yeah. you, we all can't be at every single show. Like, I have a girl competing Sunday in PCA Southwest, and I'm at Glasgow, Rutherglen. I can't be in two places at once. Right, I totally get that, but when it's someone's Olympia or the biggest fucking one, or it's like you, you make sure sometimes you got to make a decision, right? I've got to go with that one, yeah, because then I'll like I'll be there for the other athlete at that show or whatever. Um, so yeah, sorry, I kind of went off on a run.
0: No, no, it makes total sense, actually. Yeah, like I think that was evident when I went to the worlds as well. You could see the athletes, how close we were, and the margin must have been. So small, like when you were picking those top five places, especially in like a subjective category like men's physique, you know, like it is picking those tiny little pieces apart. Um, I mean, uh, men's physique—you could argue a lot of it comes down to the presentation and stuff at the end of the day as well. So, um, That's why 100%. I made a huge emphasis on on posing this <laughs> this off season and presenting yeah. myself.
1: Like, at that level. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's just down who has a bit better genetically looking better physique Yeah, pretty, yeah. who's got prettier abs and that sounds really shit but at that elite level it's little things of well yeah although in that pose he beats him and every other one he looks sharper because his pose is better so I want to award him it's not a case of who's the fucking biggest guy who's the leaning. Like men's physique is yeah. not about who's the leanest guy on stage you know or if you go to that sort of level all the bodybuilders they're all peeled all got their gluts in. They're all hard, they're all shredded, they're all, they're all big. It's the fine lines and the fine margins that sometimes, you know, again, you go chap around the door, it doesn't go your way. Sometimes you just got to keep chapping. You've got to just keep going, keep going. Sometimes it might take two or three attempts, but it'll make it all that sweeter when it happens.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. Like, I had um, David, I competed with David um back in 2021, and he's just been consistently going season on season and it wasn't it was last year he won his pro card and that's just goes to show it's just he's chapped on enough doors that one opened Uh, kind of last last time around
1: yeah what you you learn in bodybuilding is that on it might not be your day but it it will be it will be sometime and on the day it's not yours it's someone else's day so always be humble in victory and gracious in defeat at times, like, it hurts getting sickened, it hurts being so close, like, when you kept getting beaten overalls, I'm sitting there as a coach thinking, like, I'm like, what the fuck can I do more, what could what can I change to change that result, what can I do better, sometimes you just have to go, we just beat on the day, yeah. you know, but it's always, how do you take that loss, do you wallow in self-pity, do you feel sorry for yourself, or do you, you think no, well, fuck that. I'm going to get better. Like which what? Obviously, how you deal with the loss is going to dictate your trajectory moving forward. And all you've done for being so close is you've just got better and better and better, and you've got bigger and bigger. So you just know when you go chapping this season, that door's going to open. Yeah, yeah.
0: That
1: shadow of over down. Yeah. No. A doubt.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Now, Vaughn, I know you work with a lot of assisted athletes and, and you work with a lot of natural ones as well. Um, so I quite like to go into a little bit of the sort of nitty-gritties of preps and um a little bit on peaking strategies as well. Um, but what are what would you are there any differences between like prepping an assisted athlete? Obviously minus all kind of the gear intake and stuff, which won't go into, but any differences between like an assisted athlete and a natural athlete when it comes to a prep?
1: I think the processes are very, very much the same in regards to okay. that maybe diet's a bit longer because you're you're aware you're trying to bring someone down a bit slower when they're natural because they can be exposed to losing muscle. Where someone is assisted, you can drive them into the floor and they're not losing any tissue, right? Um, so you can be a bit more aggressive with them. But for where someone like yourself um, or natural, like it's just that longevity of prep, so you can try and dig feed. Dig feed and preserve as much tissue, but when so- when when someone gets lean, it doesn't matter if they are assisted or or not. It's all about managing fatigue. Yeah. Simple as that. Like if someone's about four kilos away from being ready, they're going to have bouts of feeling absolutely fucking terrible, and it's your job as a coach to notice that. Now they'll tell you, they'll tell you how fucked they are. They'll they'll tell you how much they're dragging their feet. Blah blah blah. But it's your job as a coach to know when to when to back off and when to push, yeah. And that that just comes from from experience. And I feel at that point, with the naturals, okay, maybe you don't can't feed them up as much. But if we go back to you, you were eating eight hundred grams of carb over two days. You know, you're eating four on those days. You had four blueberry pancakes with like honey and jam and fruit or whatever it was. Like you're eating a lot of food. So at that point, you say, well, it's not too much of a difference. Just yeah. that assisted guys maybe can handle a bit more. They'll diet on more calories. You could say you have to pull the naturals down quick uh, more. But then I look at where your calories were and I go, well, they were still pretty decent. It was like what, two eight and two four something like that. Maybe yeah. a little bit lower for the for for after that, the finals and whatnot. Um, but I think the biggest difference is what you'll do cosmetically with the assisted ones and what you can do to to make a change mm-hmm. versus you can't do that with the naturals. Yeah. That's not even an option, right? Um, but it's how you peak them that, yeah. that's the difference for me. Um with naturals, you have natural diuretics, you know, herbs, dandelion root, fucking vitamin C, caffeine. That's what you got, that's what's allowed to help you expel water from the body. In the assisted realm, you have pharmaceutical diuretics that are banned and from from natural shows. So with someone that is assisted, you could feed them really hard into a show. Their fluid might be up at ten liters a day. Um, let's say the show is Sundays, ten liters of fluid. Friday, Saturday, thousand gram of carb. Use some diuretics on at night during the night. Boom, they wake up dry, as dry anything, right? Yeah. So you just you don't have that um, with with natural. So then it's your job as a coach, you think right. Well, okay, how can I? manipulate your water intake how could we utilize some natural diuretics to um to get the look we want to make up a bit drier so for you we went 800 carb 800 carb, 300 and the reason we did that was okay we filled the tank i'll say fill the tank to the brim those two days now once you're full that's when you think about getting dry so if you pull fluid down as you're trying to put food in you're compromising your body's ability to get full so natural the there, right? Get full, then get dry. So as, as we pull your carbohydrate intake down, water intake comes down with that. Now we actually manipulated salt a little bit that we put, which I wouldn't do this year, right? Cause you walk yeah. up quite flat. We put in all of your salt within the first two meals and then we left out and we pulled your total fluid down from let's say eight liters. And I think we pulled them to six off the top of my head, right? Off yeah, the top of my head. Yeah. Now all that did is it just, it just sucked you down. Right, where water, where sodium goes, water flows, right? So we pulled sodium out of the body. So water's coming in with it. We're using your vitamin C's, your dandelion roots, and your B vitamins and all that caffeine to then stimulate the body to continue expelling urine, right? that film of fluid underneath the skin. Um so then you woke up on show day a little bit flat. Your first show, we kept salt out and we fed you minimally, and it meant that on stage you struggled a bit. You still won, but we learned from that. And then later shows would fed you a bit harder, put salt back in a little bit earlier, and boom, it was the better the best look on the last one. Um, but you just have to know, like, right, well, on show day, you know that if you put if you went and had like put in 10 liters of fluid, well, you'd be quite watery. Right. And if you put in your usual salt intake, again where sodium goes water flows, again you'd that film of fluid come back on. So you just have to be, okay, well, maybe we'll use. Usually you have 10 liters, maybe the day before you had six, right? Maybe show day, with each meal you have between 500, 800 millifluid per meal, whatever it is, right? Maybe you put a bit of sodium in meal one, maybe you leave out meal two. Maybe you put in meal three, you leave out meal four. Because with you, you're on stage like nine at night, usually all the time, right? That's just when you are. Whereas when someone's using pharmaceutical diuretics. Salt always goes in, fluid always goes in. Yeah. So like Chris Bain at the weekend there, you know, meal one, he's having a litre of fluid, two grams of pink salt, 150 gram of carb. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas take yourself, natural, we're thinking like, right, okay, we'll put one gram of salt in this meal, we'll go maybe 500 ml of fluid and X amount of carb. Um, and again, just being reactive to what you see, whereas with – if. You, you're using something that actually physically blocks sodium coming back back in the body you have to keep it going in right whereas we yourself we're not blocking anything yeah it can just come back in whenever so we just need to be aware of that and just again base what we do for each meal based on the look and what's what's changing throughout the day so what i do as a coach can be totally dependent on the look that we see in front of us so the original plan i had in my head maybe changes the day goes on so Getting someone lean, I think the processes are the same. Natural takes a bit longer because they're not using any fat burners. You know, naturals. Your humbang HCL is all you got in regards to what's legal. Um, but the the main difference is the cosmetic change you can make with drugs, but then with the assisted ones, then also just that peak needs yeah. to just be a bit more. It doesn't need to be more detailed because detailed with assisted ones as well. Just it's just like it's just a different process. Yeah. Like you would never run a baseline day with someone that was using pharmaceutical diuretics. It'd suck them down so much and they'd be super flat. Yeah. But with yourself, it was it was a game changer.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know
1: and um, might do the things a bit differently this year because you're more muscled and uh, maybe we need to feed you more. Maybe that baseline day we still use it, but it's a bit higher. Um it depends, we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, um sorry, what I was gonna mention is um with so with an assisted athlete in that peaking week uh, implementing those pharmaceutical directs does it does it make the process you know does does it make it a bit easier because you know kind of consistently what the look's going to be like and yeah. you're not having to kind of change sodium and, and water accordingly to the look is it kind of a bit more consistent with that?
1: hundred percent yeah now, it's actually quite hard to spill, if someone's truly peeled, if you use pharmaceutical diuretics, it's quite hard to spill them more. Yeah. Because of how much, like, let's let's say diazide, how much it sucks them down. Um, So you just know, like, right, so take Chris Bean, for example. Chris had, over two days, 2,200 grams of carbs, like 22 litres of water, 24 grams of salt. He woke up show day, on the money. Like, even so, he hit, he hit the Dazide at eight o'clock at night, and I'm doing his check in at half past nine. It's already getting drier. Yeah. And I was looking at him, I was like, Chris, you could step on stage now. Yeah. After having 11 liters of water today, I'm a thousand yam a car, we step on stage now. So, in my head, I just know, like, right, he's hit that now, he's getting leaner, He's has It's drier, he's going to hit that again at 3 a.m. So, when I look at him at five, he's going to be a little bit flat. Yeah. He's, he's going to need fluid. If he doesn't have fluid, the look will get the look will deteriorate, it will get worse. So you just then know, like, right, f- wakes up a little bit flat. You just know, like, right, you put in fluid, you put in salt, you put in a meal, he just he gets better. So he gets better. So he looks himself towards and him, he's better. What does that do to his confidence? Yeah, up. yeah, yeah, at that point, again, you just look at okay, when did he have that? half-life of Dazide between six to 14 hours. So I always work from worst case scenario, six hours. So I'm like, right. How long has it been since you dropped it? Okay, it's been three. That's still pulling them down, still pulling them down. Right, okay, we know fluid and salt needs to go in. Let's say we start getting to that six, seven, eight hour marker since you dropped it. I'm like, right. So I'm just going back in now. Yeah. Maybe I'm a bit more conservative with what I do. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I'm thinking how long we got to the stage. Does he need more? Does he need something different? Does he need to use Aldactone, which is a different one, um, which is ha- half life of an hour and a half? So that's something that we could drop it, and we know that like, right. We've got third stage, right? It's been eight or since we dropped that. And as I boom dropped that, yeah, yeah. That's a decision that's made there and then based on what I'm seeing, and also just be keeping the science in my head of okay, when did last drop it? Yeah. There's sometimes as a coach, you'll have never done something, and you're like right, well, logically this makes sense. So I'm going to do it and see what happens. And then you assess the next day, was that the right call? But if you work off logic and reason and science, it's really hard to make a wrong call. Yeah, yeah, At times, of course, when you get it wrong as a coach, I always say, look, that was my fault. I fucked up there. We should on this, this, this. But I don't say that very often now. And I think that's just because I put, by the end of this weekend, there'll be 52 people on stage. Um, by the end of this year, it'll be you know, 60, 65 and um, it just comes from having made a lot of mistakes. And I still do. Like, you know, like Chris Bain last Saturday was a little bit spilled when he came out. Right? And I was like, right, it's because we ran the second higher day. We ran the usual, like, 1200 gram of card day, second opposed to first. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fine. You see, next week, we'll learn. Yeah, yeah. we have learned. Yeah. You know, right? And he, he got better as he posed and we were conservative after we dropped some diuretics. And when he came on in the pro show, he was... On the money, a little bit flat in the legs, um, but only comes from being there, making decisions, and just seeing what's in front of me. Yeah, and so the the naturals. Um, fuck! If I use Ian, so Ian is uh, the wmbf first timers men's medium won that last July. I put salt in every single one of Ian's meals on Shoddy. On show yeah. day, I think he had like 24 or twenty four or 28 rice cakes. Yeah. Right. With weight and that button, blah, blah. And the reason was he woke up quite flat. And I was like, if I pull salt out, if I pull fluid out, he's just going to look worse. So yeah. I just kept it going in. And every, every time he checked in, he looked better. Yeah. I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it. I kept doing it. Um, and when he walked out, I was watching the TV at the time. When he walked out, I was like, he's won. You know, sometimes where people yeah. always walk out and have even done any quarter turns. You're like, he is the winner. And it was yeah. like that. Um, And we just repeated what we were doing the whole day until the overall. Yeah. it's just that's such a long show man I hate the whole be judging and then yeah. judging. just do a run through I'm know. Yeah, i going to be here tonight at night just, just fucking run through it
0: <laughs> so UKDFBA shows which are on 9pm I think there was a few occasions where it was on later than that and I was like it's such a long day and that's when it can be hard to keep probably a, I imagine as a, especially as a natural like to kind of keep that look and maintain it throughout the whole day but it was right
1: and it was because when we think back that was the show that you told me that you felt a bit flat yeah yeah now it was because sodium had been out for so long but it was also just the fucking time right so yeah if if you're on stage at two you would have pumped you would have been fine whereas we just learned from that right that was too long that sodium was out i still remember it really clearly caden was not even a week old when mom and dad came through and they were through to see him and we were kind of getting food and whatnot i think we got a curry and it was at night and it was about eight o'clock at night. We'd finished eating food and Ron's dad was leaving. He was like, What? Bon, how have your athletes done? And I was like, They're not on stage yet. Yeah. He was like, What? And I was like, They've not been on yet. This was like Man. eight at night. And he's like, When will they be on? I was like, I think in the next 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about yourself and Tom was because we were pulling fluid, we're really kind of holding fluid down. It's just got drier and drier as the day went on. Yeah. So although it kind of sucked for you guys, I was looking at your checkings like that. He's getting better. He's getting better. He's getting better. He's getting better. Um, and obviously you got you won. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you mentioned um Chris Bane, who's who's a he's a big guy. Um, and then I know you work with a lot of female competitors as well, a lot of bikini figure athletes. Let's go for sort of examples of two extremes. So maybe like. A really small sort of natural bikini girl and then we'll keep it natural right so we'll go a really small natural bikini girl versus like a big uh open bodybuilder in in a natural division like i guess my size what would be if any any differences between that and the way you kind of like peak at all or just just throughout so the prep
1: you've got to think of um pretty with, yeah. a, with any federation, any category, the first thing you look at is what does the criteria ask you? Now, the criteria for the bikini class across all federations is they don't have to be burst and full, they don't have to be dry, they don't have to be shredded, right? They want uh, well-developed muscle bellies in the glutes, hammies, adductors, uh, the shoulders, a nice S or C shape, whatever you want to call it. They want it to flow and be nice and elegant, nice and feminine, right? Now, if that's the criteria, that's what I have to help present. So number one, I don't have I don't have to get them shredded, right? Yeah. I just got to get them lean enough that their glutes just sit here, and they don't wobble. They just sit there. It doesn't matter if the hand size hand hand size in, particularly in the natural ones, just just sit there, right? And they don't want an overdyed look. They don't want to see a lot of ribbage. So with that being said, why do you need to load those gills? Yeah, you don't, right? But some of them might, some of them might. And here's the thing, I have um. Two athletes, so I won't name uh bikini girl last year. I had to load her. Well, no, never mind because they're not naturals, right? So yeah. let's take Clara. Clara was a WMBF, sorry, BMBF, not BMF, two bros, British natural champion. Yeah. Now Clara's someone that I, I've never really loaded into a show. I've just reversed her out. So by that I mean two weeks before the show, uh, I've reduced her cardio down, you know, maybe she was digging hard an hour of cardio a day. So we've pulled that right down to like half an hour, 20 minutes. Um, and then I've started feeding her a bit more, putting in, she's went from maybe 1,050 calories a day, then all of a sudden she's up at 1,350. And then maybe we're nine, 10 days out from the show, she's now up at 1,550. Then we're maybe four days out from the show, she's up at 1,800. You know what I mean? So yeah, as the time closer getting as i have been closer to the show, I'm dropping that fatigue, I'm feeding her a bit more, but I'm not chucking in 450, 500 gram a carb.
0: Yeah.
1: Unless I have to. Unless I see, well, actually, you know, um, she's quite flat through her glutes and she needs more food to have that bit more of a rimness, that bit more of a pop. But it wouldn't be much. No. You know, And, and what I would do is to help keep control of her midsection, I'd probably do that a bit earlier on in the week, so I could potentially do that kind of like I've done with you. Okay. I have a high day, a moderate day, or a baseline day, and then the show. Um, But some of them you might think, right, once I've loaded them, they actually look at their best the next day after that. So with them, yeah, maybe I will load them the day before the show. It's so person-dependent that how you peak someone, two different individuals, can be very, very different. I've got one bikini girl this year who's done incredibly well. I've not loaded her once.
0: No. She doesn't
1: need it. She doesn't need it, right? Yeah, yeah. She's leaning off up top and very vascular but there's just a little bit more tissue needed in the glutes and hammies and the 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 conditions there but it's not quite where i want it to be and every time i've put more food in she looks softer the next day yeah yeah so then i've just been like right i'm not going to load her so we've run not not a baseline diet it's been a bit more it's kind of what i just described into the show and she's won, just came second a few times she's grabbed a third um whereas another girl i've run two days at 350 gram of carb moderate day and then she's still got she's got different results yeah. so that's where the the bikini girls it depends on how they look the open guys or the men's physique guys like yourself the classic guys like you're going to need more food if you if you're peeled you know you get peeled yeah um, you're going to need to have those muscle bellies full because if you're flat they'll mark you down whereas the bikini girls sometimes they look good flat yeah you know what i mean like they're, they're flat yeah. but their glutes still pop They still got a bit of a pop on their delt so then you kind of go well wh- why change it why put more food in, in and compromise your midsection Have your midsection not look quite as tight let's just go in flat um and of course you then just go off the data so like, what did you see that first show okay what can you do differently the second show because how you peak someone for one show to the next might be totally different i've done it with with this scottish season in the past four weeks go ask some athletes like we've had three different peaks yeah yeah for some of them. And so main differences would just be look at the criteria. What does it ask for? How does your athlete look? Um and depend upon how your athletes looks, you maybe need to try and fit them to criteria. So decisions that you make, like if someone is like if a bikini if a bikini girl is a bit too lean, I will load her hard and I will make her soft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Soft part right? Or I'll like not pull her fluid down or not use natural diuretics. So that what we present on show days actually it's a bit of a softer look than she actually is, but it's what the judges want. Yeah, it's, every decision you make as a coach is like right learn the, what the criteria is inside out and get as close to that as possible because what the judges are wanting they want, like, they're looking at a perfect physique perfect criteria and then they're judging down from that on wh- who's closest to that perfect who fits yeah. that who they will get for them first place from that first place what do the rest of them look like in comparison in that first place
0: yeah no absolutely you know
1: I, mean? um, I hope that does that hopefully that, answer the question
0: yeah that? no that 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 was a great answer. Um, I think as well, like I've noticed in men's physique as well. It's even federation to federation, you know. Um, like even with the posing and style of posing and and the look they're looking for. I know the WMBF, they're looking for big guys up top now, like in their men's physique. Um Andy Chappelle was on on the podcast, he said, you know, it's it's evident that the WMBF, they're looking for big guys, they want big up top line stuff someone like the UK Def Bay, maybe slightly a smaller physique, not as conditioned now that they've added in um, classic physique into, the, into which I don't know if I quite agree with, because I think uh, classic physique and natural bodybuilding, they're pretty much the same thing anyway. I don't think there's a huge difference from the two. Um, But yeah, so it, like it's, I think, knowing what show you go into, and as you say, like knowing the criteria very well, I guess with someone like yourself who's had that experience, um, you get better and better at that over time.
1: Yeah, it's, it's also not what the judges want, right? So I want to give one example just of an athlete that's had transmit success this year, but it's been judged differently on a week-to-week basis. So uh, one of my figure girls, um, she came second in her first show at Granite, um, beat a girl that came third in in PCA, beat the girl and the girl that came third. So the week after, um going into to another show, you're thinking like, right, it's just them two. She's gonna beat that girl again, yeah. right? But the decision went the other way. Yeah. Because what the judges preferred on that day, that girl was a bit tighter, had gotten leaner since that first show. Um so you're thinking like right fuck then she's competing on the Sunday. Now on the Sunday she's competing against the girl that beat her the PCA that she came yeah. second to. In her head she's naturally thinking I'm getting sick in here, I've lost, right? Mm-hmm. She beat her. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because the judges are like the judges awarded her of more of an X frame, whereas the girl that she beat is a little bit more up and down. Um but it was like to me, it was the pit like that past weekend was the epitome of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. At the Saturday where you think it's your day, it ends up not being. And then the Sunday where you're just not expecting something, she won the fucking overall. I'm yeah. there like when they said in second place and they called athletes so i just knew she was coming for us and i was like yeah and then when they all came out for the overall straight away i was like she's won i was like she's she was leading in the athletic know," and then bikini girl was quite soft so i was like just waiting for them to call and then it i was like I just, if you I, I wouldn't have expected that from the saturday result but we did things a bit differently so yeah my job as a coach like right she came off stage and i said it so, right process right why did that happen okay, I knew why it happened, right? What can I do between now and tomorrow to get her looking tighter and drier and leaner? And that's where I was there. I was only able, that that result that came Sunday happened because of what I saw on Saturday. Yeah. So it's so, so important to get to to client shows.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Turned it around and she won overall. Like it it was, um, yeah, of course the judging came into play, but we went in tighter.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: On the Sunday, and we're rewarded. So then we kind of know, like, right, well, we're going against that same athlete this, this week. So let's come and tie it again. Um, but that all stems from, like, you got to go. Yeah. you are know, very rare, very, very rarely, if ever, hear You have a problem with a result. Because mm-hmm. I just process it. I'm like, right, well, they've came second or third. Why? Okay, because they went with that. Or this is why. Okay, cool. Right. Well, how can we be better? Whereas a lot of people get very emotional. The judges got it wrong, bro. Oh, that was bullshit. That was politics. I'm like, no, no. You just don't understand criteria. You just don't understand results. Losing is a part of the sport. But it's how we lose. You know, we're humble. as I said, we're humble in victory, gracious in defeat. Go over, shake the athlete's hands. Like Saturday, I went over, gave the girl a hug and said, you look fucking brilliant. Congratulations. You looked tighter than a couple weeks ago. In my head, I'm like, this is shit. This is the person, deep athlete." but congratulating them, because that's their day. Mm. They're always going to remember, you know what I mean? Like, seeing other people's success. um, And then, you know, when you go in your car, behind closed doors, have your moment then. Yeah. Be emotional. Experience the anguish. Feel everything, ounce of it, but then come back better. Um, Yeah, sorry. Going off on a tangent. No,
0: No, absolutely. I think that's where, like, a huge, there's a huge amount of value having a coach, because I know a lot of people are experienced and they will prep themselves and whatever. But it's very easy to make those sort of um, emotional um, changes after a show, like or changes whilst you're emotional. Whereas your coach is just going to look at it objectively and think, right, what is the logical, um, the the logical change to make here to come in better for next time. Um, I Have think to. that's a huge amount of value there because, yeah.
1: Like, don't be it wrong, like, like, it really hurt. Like, I'm sitting in a crowd yeah. thinking she thought she was going to win today and she's not. Yeah. And I know how that feels. I'm sitting there, I, I, like, and I know that backstage, nothing I say will make her feel better. Yeah. Nothing. So I go backstage, I say, you know, you know hard lines, give them a hug, have a chat and say, listen, go away, like, go on your own, process this. I went mm-hmm. but use this to be better. I went, because I know what we need to do tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I say I know what to do, they go, Oh, right, okay, cool. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. again, just the, the weekend for me it's to pit my body that she went from solo, shake you know, confidence was Shook, to then one one overall. Um and it was it was just great to be a part of it. and a great learning curve for me on it was the first time I had athletes doing back to back shows Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. As it right. Like you see so many people on Instagram. You can't do shows back to back. You look worse. Your body burns out. Bollocks! You just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> what to do. like it's so it, it's easy enough to manage if you manage someone's physique and you like you're meticulous. You got data you, and you look and you check and you look and you check and you understand that people are people and you speak to them and you treat them as a person. You can easily nail it every single week. Like Chris has done eight shows, or will have done eight shows in a row. Yeah. Four of- which was Saturday, Sunday, then this Saturday, Sunday. That's four in like eight days. Yeah. And he's and he and he won. And he won this weekend. I think you win, and I think you'll win. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, um it it was just such it was just cool to be part of and to be there. And it just it just like reinforcing my mind you have to go. Yeah. Otherwise Sunday maybe would maybe wouldn't have happened.
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah. No, I think um that that comes down to me as a coach as well. Like, um, obviously I've had a few clients compete now, and I've been to to all their shows, um, and that's something I plan to keep doing because I know how valuable it is being there, um, on the show day, and again, just being there again afterwards. The result doesn't quite go that that person's way. It's just being there to reassure them, um. And kind of like what you'd mentioned there, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it, l- losing's hard, and, and it hurts our pride because the sport is subjective. There's no objective. It's no one nil. Yeah. It's no you know forty to love or whatever. It's who does that person thinks looks better. And in our mind, right, we can ma- we make up all the excuses in the world. Like later on, said athlete was thinking, oh, I think it was this, and I don't feel comfortable with these judges and blah, blah, blah. I went, it's all bollocks. I went, your mind is searching for reasons as to why you got beaten. I went, you just got beat today.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You weren't quite good enough. And I went, and that's okay. Yeah. Because your day will come. And it's, I, I don't beat around the bush. I tell it like it is. And I I said to her, I was like, you're just looking for reasons as to why you got beaten. She was like, you're right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, I know I am, because I've done it. I've been sitting in a premier in just like in rage and, Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like making all these excuses and then the next day i'm like oh it's because he was just fucking leaner yeah <laughs> yeah you know what i mean um so I just, I just know in those moments you have to experience them and process them and live them but it's how i support the athlete and get them through it that dictates what we do or how you know like the result of the next day um so yeah it was cool
0: yeah yeah excellent um i guess i guess that in itself is also important for the post show period as well um i think which can be a really important time the athlete coming out of that show um you know like knowing how they're going to move forward and you know just being kind of like reassured
1: 100% man and if uh, if you're not there to support them or you know pat them on the back or, or whatever um now you've fucked the whole season off yeah or, you know, their whole, their, they could ruin their whole off-season because they maybe wallow in self-pity and binge or, you know, they take the loss harder than they thought and then all of a sudden they just don't want to do it anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So
1: sometimes it's just about picking them up when they need picked up and then just get, like, hold their hand over the line a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Now, it's been it's been excellent having you on, Vaughn. I know you're a busy man, but... um i like to finish with a question, um, especially, all. Oh, I've, well, I've only had bodybuilders on so far, um, but what are your, some of your biggest life lessons or, or take-homes from your bodybuilding journey?
1: I was thinking about this earlier on, actually. Yeah. Um, the thing that speaks the most to me about it is that bodybuilding has taught me what actual patience is and how that you have to be patient in life to get success at anything that you do. And we're in such a fast-paced world of I want something from Amazon, it's here tomorrow, right? I want pizza, it's here in 20 minutes. You don't get away with that in bodybuilding. You just don't. It's You have to work really fucking hard for years, and you know what? You might still get beat. Yeah. And that's okay, though, right? Because you're going to come back better. So that sort of transferred over um, to my coaching career. And I was like, right. I'm not where I need to be, but I know where I want to be. Right, So in bodybuilding, I was like, right, I want to be British champion. I want to win this show. I want to do that. But with coaching, I was like, right, well, I want to work with this many athletes. I want to put this many people on stage, this many wins, blah, blah, blah. And I want to earn X amount because I want to provide for my family. So I did the same thing. I was like, right, well, I'm not there yet. So I started this in 2018 or 2017 or whatever. And where I'm at now is kind of where I said I want to be. Yeah. And then five years, I says, I want to be up there at the top, you know, one of the best prep coaches in the UK. And we're five years in, and we're four four weeks in the season, and it's 42 top threes sitting the top of the UK. It's like, I'm like, that all stemmed from bodybuilding. Yeah, Bodybuilding taught me that if you work religiously day in, day out, and you go through the tough periods, and, you, you know, it's cliche, but you never give up, you'll get there. And just because you're not there now, like two years into that journey, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be here then. Mm-hmm. But I knew I just I hadn't been. I needed to go through it. I needed to produce the winners. I needed to put that person on stage so that their body could see that and say, Oh well, Vaughn's an alright coach. And all of a sudden me and me and Chris are working together. And next thing you know, 2013 he went to WNWF Pro Card, but that all started in mm-hmm. 2019. He saw someone I put on stage. You know what I mean? It's yeah. that it's just that it's taught me to continue to work hard harder than anyone else that you know and success will come from it and i know that's a very generic statement but it was the best answer i could give that i thought was relatable solely to what i did within bodybuilding and what i envisaged my physique would look like and the effort and the leg days and the fucking thousand gram of carbs and all that transferred over to like right well how do i you know let's go start a podcast let's record 200 episodes let's Write hundred odd articles for the website, but you can't do that in a week. No. You know you've got to do that over time, and you've got to learn. You've got to get better. As a bodybuilder, you get better, but as a coach, you've got to get better and you've got to learn. Um. So yeah, thank you and welcome. You know, I hope you enjoy my TED talk.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> that's epic. I think to me that is my biggest lesson. I put put on out put out an Instagram post on it today, but it's having like delayed gratification is so much more rewarding than that instant gratification i think people could gain so much if they go into the sport you know like um understanding that it is about continuously chipping away and as you mentioned today is just so fast paced everyone's looking for that quick quick sort of dopamine release on social media or that like instant result and um bodybuilding is all about that it's just like chipping away doing those sort of mundane tasks that sometimes you don't want to do, but they just become habitual and then eventually you, you reap the rewards and it's you you continue down that path.
1: <laughs> and it feels fucking brilliant when you get there.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. it yeah.
1: does. It's like I knew what it was like to work for five years to then win a show. And then when I'm with an athlete and I see them do it, I'm like it feels even better. Yeah. Because I just know how much it means to them. And I'm like, I'm part of that. And I'll be part of that forever. Yeah. Even if we stop working in two years, like I'll always be their first coach that helped our that coach that helped them win that, helped them do this, helped them do that. Um. I just fucking love it.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, Vaughn, it's been brilliant having you on. Honestly, it's been a pleasure. Um. And if any of the listeners, again, I mentioned at the beginning, if anyone doesn't follow you, where can they go and follow you and and see all your stuff?
1: So just head over to Prep Coach UK um on Instagram, uh UK.com, uh, YouTube Prep Coach UK. Um, you'll hear more of my mundane uh my mundane voice on all of those platforms.
0: I'm exactly the same. I'm like, yeah. I do not know some people message me and like, oh I'm really enjoying your podcast. I'm like, how do you enjoy my voice? And am so like monotone.
1: It is, man. But maybe yeah. we get value from it, and it's been a pleasure to be on. Um, and I hope that it's it given a bit of value to the listeners, and um, in their own journey. And if they have any questions, just say, just drop me a DM on Instagram. Um, it's the quickest way to get in touch with me, unless you have my WhatsApp.
0: Cheers. Thanks, Vaughn. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and um, I'll see you again in the next episode.